My name is Sean. I'll be your host for today. And uh, we're, we're just checking it out. We're trying to get everything sorted. We're making sure that everything's all right. And I'm joined here by Vincent Condello, the producer himself. How are you doing, Vinny? I'm good. I'm good. That was a bit of everything. I've, my mic was still muted while you were talking. I just got very confused. But, you know, we're good. We're here. We're fine. That's all right. We looked a little bit confused. And I'm also joined by, he's definitely not a Sony fanboy, Josh LaRosa. There's always like a five, 10 second window from when Vinny goes like that. And I look at Sean as if, can we trust Vinny? Like, are oh, no, we that, actually live? That, that time you couldn't trust me. That was me pressing play on the intro. So the intro has just been... I was going to say that went super quickly because you're like, oh, we're going to go live. And then I'm like, oh, I've got a good, you know, the intro is what, 20 something yeah, seconds. Yeah. And then Sean just went straight into it. I'm like, oh, oh, I, okay. see, I, see, I see the go and I'm like, all right. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, true. I'm I got to think go. of like a proper cue. Yeah, so we, we, know, we need to do a five, four, three, two countdown. He's a junior producer. That's <laughs> all right. He's, he's, he's inexperienced, but he's gaining experience every single week. I feel like I'm getting worse yeah, every yeah, single week. Like <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've got a, we've got a big show uh, today, although we are going to uh, cut it uh, a little bit shorter than previous shows. We have gone on a little bit long. So uh, a couple of things that we're going to be talking about, we're going to be doing thanksgiving so we're talking about what we're thankful for in video games what mechanics and that sort of stuff that we really like and maybe what we don't like uh, we're also going to touch on the panels members games of the year so we touched on last week and we went through the game of the year awards and what we thought would win now we're going to get to the crunch of it and show what we think will win so gents we're excited for the, today's episode how are we going anyway it's been a week of the year and i think we feel i feel like we're saying that every single week now it's just there's always something happening josh like what's what? happening with you this week what is going on with the world can we just slow down for a few minutes do we mind can we do you mind you know uh time space continuum can we just ease up a little bit on how quickly everything's going like christmas is what two three weeks away three weeks yeah yeah three, three weeks. weeks excuse me that's a little rude okay <laughs> It's uh yeah it is going by quickly I um I would really like another day or two per week uh, just just to kind oh. of process everything that's going on what about you Vinny can we get an Twice extra day days would be good can we get an extra day per week I would love that just to weekend day though yeah an extra obviously it would not give, don't give me an extra work day obviously <laughs> um but no it's oh god it's crazy I just have so much to do and no time to do it just mm. everything everything but yeah just. Oh God, just hi to everyone in chat. Hi to you guys. It's been a week. It's been an absolute time. It's a big life decisions. My room's a mess. There's skateboards everywhere, but it's it's fine. How are you going, Sean? Yeah, uh, not too bad. I ended up doing a bit of streaming of, um, of Sea of Thieves on Monday and on Tuesday, and uh, both streams went for 10 hours long. Jeez, that is... I don't even have 10 hours in a day. <laughs> I don't have 10 um, hours to spare. So, yeah, that, that probably goes to show uh, what I've been doing uh, over the last few days. And it's it's been insane sort of stuff. Um, like we're trying to do the PVE content and then uh, somebody will just come along, sink our ship, and uh, we'd be salty for the next hour. And then we, find, then we finally find, like, you know, just random loot in the water. It's like, okay, great. Yep, everything's coming up. Millhouse. Uh <laughs> It's 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 been one of those uh, sorts of weeks, but anyway, references. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to fit in a few. <laughs> but anyway, we'll we'll, uh, we'll get started. So the first topic today that we will be touching on is Thanksgiving, which is something we don't uh, like do a down under. I don't know about you guys. Do you celebrate Thanksgiving at all? No, I'm not thankful uh, no. for much. Generally. No, well, it, it, it's not really. Uh, I think it's more of a US thing, but it has Thank carried Canada. on. 
Yeah, and Canada as well. It's quite literally an us thing. Yes. US. But not US. us. But not us. But <laughs> it's they. us, but not us. It's among us, but not yeah. with us. Yeah, it's the last of us. No? All right, let's keep going. <laughs> it's the rest of us. All right. <laughs> the rest of us. It's not for the rest of us. Yeah. Um, so we'll be going through uh, just a couple of quick questions, uh, basically re reflecting on what we enjoy about video games. So the first question that I'm going to put to the panel members, and Josh, I will start with you for right. your for first answer. Uh, we're going around in, uh, well, alphabetical, clockwise. I don't know what we're doing. Shortest, um, the tallest. Shortest, the tallest. We can do that. <laughs> but what is what mechanic are you most thankful for in video games? What is your favorite mechanic in a video game or thing, idea? Yeah, I'm going to kind of cop out and use one that you had written there because that was one I, I truly have been thankful for, for with this generation, and that's the speed, the SSD, and what can be done with an SSD. The instant loading in, in games is incredible. Like, I'm still at the point where I'll get onto the PS5, I'll click on Assassin's Creed, I'll pull out my phone going, eh, it's an Ubisoft game, I've got at least two minutes. And by the time I've unlocked the phone, I'm already through the menu and loading into the world. It's just... It's not a big deal because, like, most games now, like, would load once. Like, you know, I think Last of Us, you have that big loading at the front end and then it pretty much it's not loading throughout the game. God of War, same thing. But just being able to go from the menu or from off to the menu to the game within 30, 40 seconds, not even 30 seconds, it's it's a game changer. <laughs> I think it's what the cool so, kids call it. No, that's all right. Technology's moving fast. Vinny, what are you most thankful for? Oh, I was just going to... Uh, what am I most thankful for? All right. So straight up, I'm thankful for like skill trees and skill customization in games or even item customization. So any way you can expand and personalize the way you want to play the game. I'm mm. really thankful for that, especially when playing like a JRPG, which are one of my favorite genres. It's, it makes it more personal for you. It's like, I can do this completely different to anyone else. And that's what I love about those things. It's like, I can max, you know, health. I could max attack, just defense, magic, whatever. I could be a one trick. It's, pretty cool when you can do it like that and then if you do a second playthrough you can try something different i'm not going to max this i'm going to max that it just makes every mm. single time you run through different and i'm really thankful for the video game industry to give us that kind of customization in a platform in a media platform rpg elements rpg Again, elements cool kids. cool kids call it we we love uh, them <laughs> what about you sean all right well my uh so the mechanic that i'm most thankful for is fast travel oh yes. there are many games I remember having to go through, like, if you're trying to backtrack from, like, World 6 to World 1, and you've got to go through each world basically backwards following the track, and now as long as, long as you visited that area, you could fast travel to that area and you could jump back and forth. Mm -hmm. Sure, like, it does cut down a lot of travel time, which, you know, you may miss things and all that sort of stuff, and we are part of a, an instant gratification uh, generation now, so that makes a lot of sense. But, like, for me, I want to, like, like, let's use Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, for instance, I'm playing through that and being able to just do everything in one area and then go to the next area. And then, oh, if I miss something or if, if a quest is taking me to a particular area in the area I just was in, instead of having to get on the horse and wait five minutes uh, going down mm. the roads, I could just fast travel. And like, especially uh, touching on what you were saying about like the SSD and, and, and quick loading times and that sort of thing. I'm so used to fast travel where you click fast travel and then you'd wait 15, 20 seconds for it to load and load the instance, and then you get there. And now, I yeah, I go to pick up my phone. Oh, I'm already in. 
Yeah, and there's certain games, like, it's funny, like, it'd be good to talk about a little bit more, like, what we actually were thankful for, but, like, games like Ghost of Tsushima, they actually purposely extended the load times in that game because the tips were on the screen for, like, point of a second, and they're like, well, there's no point. So they purposely made the load times a little bit longer to give you the chance to read one or two kind of of things. And then, you know, like, games like Spider-Man, the first 2018 Spider-Man, where if you were to fast travel, you'd... You know, you'd have that animation of Spiny on the train, you know, yeah. riding the, the subway as he went to... Subway? Is that the Americans called? Yeah, the subway. Yeah, yep. subway. Yeah. Uh, ride the subway to the other side of town, where now it's literally Miles goes down to the tunnel and walks up in that same really animation. Amazing. It's like, oh, ah! <laughs> you know? Yeah, so Fast Travel's the big one for me. Uh, now, anybody who is watching... Uh, Chuck in the comments and Vinny will let me know whether or not, because I can't see the comments at the moment, but Vinny will let me know uh, if we do have some entries. So uh, we're talking about what mechanic you are most thankful for in video games. I will, say one? I will say one thing. I did, uh, no one's published it in the Twitch chat yet, but I did pose this question to Reddit mm. and we got some Reddit responses. Okay. Mm. Yep. Go through them. So, so I'll, one of them said, I like combat options like God of War. You can just spam the attack button or get through most of it, but you can use an arsload of any movement to mess up enemies. It's great. Dishonored also had a great thing like this. Um, someone else said Fables, Fable 3's living weapons mechanic was also really good. Okay. Um, and someone just said, just plain and simple, I like radial menus. That's a really good thing to have. I think radial menus just easier than mm. 1, 2, 3, 4. They're nice and sleek and yeah. uh, it's, it's easy to select. Where's, Unless you're playing CFPs. I don't know if it was a square that, that or something menus, like yeah. that. Hold the bucket. How do I how do I put the bucket down? <laughs> how do I put the bucket down? But yeah, those right. are those are good. And someone just said, "Ha ha, DLC jokes." Mm. Please, I'm I'm sure we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, so the next question that I will pose uh, to not only the panel members but to our viewers at home is, "What game are you most thankful for?" So, what is there a particular game? Maybe it came at the right moment. Maybe it was perfect for what it was. Maybe it gives you fondest memories. Which game are you most thankful for? So, Josh, we'll, we'll go back and we'll start with you. I've spoken about this one a few times, once or twice. <laughs> and genuinely, it's got to be Astro's Playroom. As That's a PlayStation longtime fan, multiple levels. The game like plays like a 3D Mario game and is probably one of the best playing games that isn't a Mario game. That makes sense. Like it plays yeah. like someone else is copying them to the point where it's like, this is actually done pretty well. Like it's done really well. And it made me realize like, you know, Microsoft's got a bit of a heritage now with some of its characters. Um, I wouldn't say it's nowhere near as strong as say Nintendo or, or PlayStation. And Nintendo has got a long heritage of, of, you know, memorable characters that we all know, love and enjoy and hardware as well. But, it's funny with PlayStation, I've come to the realization as as much as they've got iconic characters, you've got Cloud, you've got you know Kratos, you've got Jack Nathan Dexter, Drake, Russian Cloud. yeah, you've got you've got all those. But what's part of that heritage, as much as it is the characters, it's the hardware. Like I got nostalgic seeing the the PSP GPS or the Japanese only Pocket Station or seeing the, you know, the Sony uh, computer entertainment logos as opposed to the Sony interactive entertainment logo. Like that stuff is quite nostalgic, which I never thought of it that way. Like to me, when I think nostalgia PlayStation, you might go to Crash Bandicoot or something where it's like, you know, PS1 heyday type thing. But really it, it's the hardware, seeing the PSP go, like just it, 
the way that they did it and it's it's deep cuts like you know the i'm going to spoil the ending at this point but the that final boss Vinny, in the game is the playstation one demo disc t-rex so when PSP, uh, PS1 was, was created, they, they created a demo with a T-Rex, right, in a black room. And this T-Rex, yeah. it was the full capability of the PS1, like as in the only thing that they could render besides the T-Rex was a black room. Like you, yeah. they put everything into this thing. And it looked pretty good for its time. And that's what they showed developers to get them on board for PS1. And the, the final stage in this game is you, you enter it, you, get, you go through a portal and it goes back from 2020 all the way to 1994. You come across a black room, Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, with a PS1 yeah. sitting there. There's a memory card plugged into that that simply says Ken, right? Most people don't know who Ken Kudaragi is, but he's the grandfather or the father of PlayStation, right? I saw that. I'm like, oh! And then you, you jump on the, the power button and then you get the demo disc icon come up. At that point, I didn't click what was coming. I just thought, oh, that's a cool little throwback. Then you start platforming up. You're jumping on memory cards, discs, whatever. And then you get to the room. And it's just a grey room, like a grey platform. It's a block floor. Block floor, black room. At that point, I was like, okay, what if I... It's going to be some sort of PlayStation character coming back and that's going to be the final boss. And then I heard the footsteps and I audibly screamed it, like yelled. Like I yelled. I'm like, oh my God, they're doing it. Because throughout the game, there's references to the T-Rex. I'm like, oh, because I was reading online. Someone's like, oh, Dino Crisis. I'm like, oh, it might be the, the, the tech demo. Yeah. T-Rex, and then it literally is the Tech Temo T-Rex. And just the joy. Like, it's, this is one of those games I'm going to remember for a long time. Like, it just hits home. So many references, so it's many a collection of nostalgia brought to the modern audience. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Troy. And it you helps that the much. game's good too. Like, it, you know, it's not like... You know, it's full it's of nostalgia. Solid, pla- it's solid platforming and puzzles. Yeah, it's 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 a really good 3D kind of platformer. So right. I'm really thankful for that game. So, good job. So we could tell jo- Josh is very thankful for Astro's Playroom. Vinny, what do you what game are you most thankful for? I had to do a big think about this one, and it's probably something that I personally didn't play too much. I mean, I played it as a kid growing up. Yeah, you know, just next someone else playing one player, two player, but. It's actually Street Fighter 2 or Street Fighter 2 Turbo or Alpha or whatever. And the reason I appreciate this game is because it really, this is the game that made the fighting game community really explode at pretty much the first Evo. Now, obviously we didn't talk about that, but it was called Battle, <laughs> yeah. of, Battle of Play and gave birth Either, to this yeah. massive to- tournament and sparked the fighting game community. And that's really important. Like competitive gaming is really important to me. And I've played competitive smash brothers for you know granted i wasn't any good played for a certain amount of time and then playing league of legends and this competitive game is just it's really influenced everyone it like i said it gave birth to this thing where they used to sell out a seating in vegas it's awesome it gave people careers it gave people sponsorships it gave people teams it gave like the hungry box thing legendary things um yeah yeah like you look at crazy Evo montages that I think it's like the Chun Li combo where he just blocks every single kick. Yeah. yeah, like that's <laughs> yeah, like the pop off moments and stuff like that. The things that yeah. are, that are so hype, and I'm really thankful for that game to kind of sparking the fighting game community and sparking you know competitive gaming in the Western world at least. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good one. 
I was surprised when I saw that written down. I wasn't expecting that that was going to be. There was be a level of thought behind it. Yeah. No, not that. You know. <laughs> Maybe well. a little bit of that. <laughs> no. I'm um, well, I, I I was actually going to do a cop out answer and say Pokemon Red and Blue. Um, I was going to go down that path because I, I feel like that was a very strong one. That's a pretty one. good one. I've stuck with Gears of War. Okay. And the reason why I'm sticking with Gears of War is that not it didn't necessarily revolutionize anything, but it really brought to the forefront third-person cover shooters. Yeah. It kind of, especially for modern games uh, nowadays, especially for third-person ga- uh, third shooters, the, the cover mechanic is so critical to how it plays and how it runs. Mm. Like even Grand Theft Auto has it now sort of thing. It, it beca- it's become just this huge mechanic that if you don't get it right, you, your game's going to squander, basically. Mm. And there's been a few games where, yeah, th- they've, they've done really well and the co- cover mechanic was kind of like the pinnacle behind it. So like uh, Dark Void, for example, ha- without the cover mechanics, it, like it's just a third-person shooter. That's, that's all it is. But Gears of War really brought it to the forefront of how if you build on a solid mechanic that you can, you can, you can change the perception of a game and then go forward from that. Because as much as we like to joke about Gears of War having meaty boneheads as the mm. main characters, in reality, the, the actual combat itself was pretty cool and you had a chainsaw on the end of a gun. Like, who doesn't want that? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Gears of War was my game that uh, that I was most thankful for. Uh, do we have any any comments, Vinny? Yeah. Anybody so else have, um, put some? Someone said that they're thankful for God of War, which is, yeah, I assume it's the PS5 version. So, which is fair <laughs> enough. assumption. Or... <laughs> Yeah, they didn't state. It's just that that one's just called God of War. And then yeah. Mediocre Six said, I'm thankful for Dark Souls, more than a game. The lore vids, the wider impact of development has set the bar for a lot of other games and has been a massive part of my life. That's fair yeah. enough. So, really supporting That's... Demon's Souls, Dark Souls 1 to 3, and then Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Like, hmm. Big. And on that, I think there's a there's a lot lot in there, right? Like, uh, looking first at God of War, right? Because that was the first one we spoke about. The idea of video games growing up. And, you know, Corey Barlog, director of the new God of War, was there from number two onwards, left and came back. But they, during all the interviews, they talk about, you know, that game, you go back and play PS2 God of War. It's crude, it's brutal, it's violent, it's bloody. Um, bloody for the sake of it in yeah, some sense. It's like teenager. The, yeah, and the, the developers talk about at that time, they were angsty teenagers. And now that they're working at Santa Monica and, and you know, I think that this game took about five years to work on. So they were on it for, you know, quite a while. They're all married now or older and have kids. So the storytelling's evolved and the character of Kratos is actually shaped by how the developers have all changed as well. They're all parents and, you know, some parents have, have that where they're not able to be able to be, you know, super communicative with their child and they have that restraint. And being Kratos, like it, it's a natural progression point as well. So I think yeah, like that—that's a really good one. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, no, I think uh, yeah, you said, you it, said it best. I have nothing else to add. I mean, God of War. I, I played from PS2 to PS5. You said that the game has evolved so much. And I mentioned angsty teenager, and so did you. It's I like the mythology shift as well. It just completely evolved. It's like cool. We are gonna. It's gonna be a continuation, but it's not gonna be a remake. Yeah, I appreciated that too. Like it's yeah. it's still in the same universe, even though it's it is so different. Like it's literally in a different, you know, space and mm. time. But um, not literally, but you know what I mean. Like it's it's yeah. not. It would have been it's easy a- for them to say, "Oh, it's called God of War, and it's a reboot." Yeah, and he's 
not Kratos, he's Betos, and he takes Betos. on Norse gods instead yeah. of Greek gods. <laughs> yeah. What do you reckon, Sean? Um, yeah, I, I, I can understand God of War. Um, when I hear God of War, I, I always think of the original games and how they brought quick time events and button mashing. Like, that, yeah, well, that, that was kind of what, what people remembered them by. They remembered them as, you know, button mashing um, action adventure kind of platformers uh, with, you know, quick time thrown in and that sort of thing. So, like, the mechanics of it early on, people didn't really relate to Kratos. They liked the idea of the combat and and, and mm. killing the big bosses and the gods and, and all that sort of stuff. But now, and it's funny because it's it's almost done the opposite to what uh, Assassin's Creed has done, which we were talking about last week, where it was focusing on the world and now we're focusing on the character of Kratos and his relationship with his son and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Whereas, you know, Assassin's Creed has gone the other way and it's all about the world. So... Uh, yeah, it has made a, like a big change since its first inception on the PlayStation Two. But yeah, I I, I know I kind of think of uh, its its initial point of entry. Yeah, that that's still got a very big place in my heart. Like as much as we all laugh about it, like back then a quick time event was like, oh look, at, I'm so involved in this gameplay, and the whole idea of like you hit an enemy to a certain point, and then a big circle icon would pop above their head. That that is really God of War's like mainstay. Right, but right. that's that was yeah. They popularized that that idea, and there's so many games afterwards that have done that or are still doing that. Or even if they don't have the you know the literal icon popping up above their head, they had the same thing. If you knock an enemy out into a certain point, you can do an instant kill. A finisher, thing. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that stuff's really cool. And I like you know I love the original God of War series, the first three, the two PSP games, and obviously um, PS4. Uh, PS4. So. I think they're a really good pick. And then the other one, obviously, Dark Souls. Like, that is a really good one. As someone is, like, I've, I'm still scared to play Demon Souls and I've downloaded Bloodborne and uninstalled it maybe, like, five or six times because I'm so nervous to do it. You've got to have an appreciation for those type of games. Like, when Demon Souls came out, Sony actually published... <laughs> Sony actually... <laughs> Vinny's face just went flat for a second when I said Sony. He's like, <laughs> Sony published the first game in Japan, right, and didn't know what they had. And that's, you know, then it came to the, the West and it was published by, I think, Atlas, I think, at the time. Yeah. And they didn't know what it was. Like, no one knew it was going to be big. There's a famous quote by Shuhei Yoshida who basically went out of his way to say, I don't get this game. I do not like it. How many references can he bring into <laughs> a little summary? I know, right? And the way that they've changed, like, how many games do we play now? It's like, oh, it's got Dark Souls or Demon Souls elements or Bloodborne elements where it's like... It's the Dark Souls you know, the difficulty. Yeah, it's the Dark yeah. Souls. We joke about it all the time. How many times have I said it's the Dark Souls? Well, that's the thing. Yeah, we do the same thing about uh, Skyrim. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think the the way that those games do lore, the way that they tell a story without literally throwing it in your face, like here's a cutscene. It's more like you know ambient stuff, um, which is all really cool. And off topic, but the Demon Souls related PS5 remake. Apparently, there is a Metal Gear Rex sound in the game. Yes, yes. Which is heavily, obviously, everyone's talking about them remaking uh, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. It. If Blue Point remake Metal Gear Solid, that is instant top five favorite games of all time. Like, what if it instant. sucks? Yeah, come on, look at there. They haven't they haven't faltered as of yet. So have faith. Have faith. All right. So we'll try and have faith with that. Yep. Uh, and speaking of uh, faith, we're going to go the opposite direction. We're going to list what we're least 
thankful for in video games. So what's something that we would prefer did not exist at all, whether it's a mechanic or uh, you know something surrounding video games or anything like that. In chat, you're, you're welcome to put in your ideas and we can get to those uh, after the panel goes through. So Josh, what are you least thankful for in video games? I've got a few, but the one I had listed there was season passes. Like I just, I don't like... I like playing a game and knowing I'm done. Like yeah. I don't, I don't like knowing like, oh, well, here's our roadmap for the next five years. Don't, don't give me that. Just give me, give me one campaign if it is a single player game. I, I, I really like as much as you're gonna go. Oh, it's a PlayStation thing. Like what? Insomniac did with Spider Man, right? Like just give me one single player. Give me a game that I can complete 100 percent and be happy with. That's super polished and well done. And instead of doing. They did do DLC, but like it's either substantial stuff or they'll release like a, a Miles Morales type thing or what uh, Ghost of Tsushima is doing with Legends where it's like it's not just more of the same. It's either an iteration or a side story. It's not like remember the old DLC or the old season pass style where it's like, you know, you'd, you'd buy the season pass. Oh, what does that get you? Well, that gives you seven skins, a sword, uh, a roadmap saying we're going to release small content which is more skins and more swords. Two years, and here's some more swords, and here's a new skin, and maybe an avatar. Like, I'd rather just give me a complete game that I buy day one, happy to pay full price, and then give me something substantial that I'll happily pay more money than I would pay for a season pass. Because season pass really is just to get you to invest further into yeah. a game and keep yeah. you in that ecosystem. But I think there's 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 something to be said about either just doing the you know the Miles Morales style of game. Or even if it is just substantial DLC that you pay for, because there is money to be made in like quality content that people will be happy to pay for, as opposed yeah. to I don't care what you make it in three years. You it's know? about whether or not they put it as part of a season pass, which is attached to the base game, or they just put it all together and release it as a sequel, yeah, or something like, or like that. Like a game mm. ultimate edition or game of the year edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a little bit different then. Um, so, Vinny. We'll go to you. What are you least thankful for in video games? This one's very close to my heart. So it's... Uh... Kingdom Hearts 3? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that, that is a good one. That is a great one. That's a great one. I changed my answer but I was also already set on this one. It's uh, Nintendo's naming conventions and general marketing with their consoles. Just Nintendo's? No, well, Xbox probably yeah, screwed up yeah, the naming if, convention too. Yeah, well, Xbox... <laughs> I'm really just salty on Nintendos from our time yeah, in retail. Right, stick with Nintendo. Okay, why Nintendo? Well, where do we start? Do you want to... Is it a new console, Vinny? <laughs> is no. it just a controller, Vinny? Does uh, it have uh, new at the start of it? Yeah. Is it? Do you want the Do you want the Nintendo DS? Do you want DS XL? Do you want the new Nintendo DSi? Do you want the DS Lite? Do you want the Nintendo 3DS? 3DS do you want 3DS. the 3DS XL? Do you want the new Nintendo 3DS? Do you want the 2DS? Do you want the new yeah. Nintendo 3DS XL? What about the yeah the new two DS? Oh yeah. god! Well, well, the new, yeah, the new two DS, and make like three games literally that only require it. But you'll buy the new system hardware anyway because you want the little nub. You want the little is it oh, a C stick? I is did. It? Uh, I, it's meant to be. It's a it's a C stick, but I think they call it like a yeah. It is a C nub. Yeah, I, it's a nub. <laughs> it's a nub nub. I did, and back then I actually bought the when Dream Drop Distance came out. I bought the additional thumb pad stick attachment yeah. on my Ultra. My you god, thought, Nintendo. What the hell are you doing? I really hope <laughs> Wii Wii U. Oh, Switch, the Wii Switch and Wii Lite. U. Like, there's a reason. I, I like Switch and Switch Lite. I like that. Though. The Switch and Switch Lite, fine. That's that's fine. 
because it's kind of like the ps3 and the ps3 slim like they're just doing that it's just a lighter version switch xl Oh, dude, you're infuriating <laughs> yeah. me. Hopefully we never I can get... already see the rage in his eyes. I just don't... I just hope that when ten- Nintendo releases their next console, they Switch. name it properly. Call it the Switch 2. Call it anything but new Switch. New Switch yeah. Lite. New Switch XL. New, new Switch U. Like, I think they're past that. I oh, really do. No, I really hope. No, they're not. They hired somebody in during, like after the 3DS came out. So they went through the whole iterations of, of the DS. So the DS, DS Lite, DSi, all that sort of stuff. And the DSi XL. The, once they got the 3DS, they actually brought someone in to help them with their naming conventions, which then gave us the incredible new Nintendo 3DS. New Nintendo this, 3DS I hate XL. This person right now. Two, Nintendo 2DS. New Nintendo 2DS. New and Nintendo the, 2DS They XL. brought someone in. And then, How much money no, are they getting in, That's what they gave them. Not only the names, the design. Like the 2DS originally was like a wedge looking thing. And then now the 2DS literally looks like it's, a 3DS. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. So I, I, I could actually... Uh, describe why so they had the initial wedge because they were worried about that the it was meant for kids for the hinges yeah, yeah exactly and so when they realized that that wasn't selling because parents didn't give a shit and kids are a little bit smarter than that it was actually like people just dropping them they're like okay well we'll give you the little laptop that's it mm. <laughs> i'm gonna say though not uh, to give nintendo some sl- i think they are past that now because <sighs> i hope so <laughs> And I think it's only because of the success of the Switch. Like, they've streamlined the whole thing now. Like, they don't have 3DS, 2DS, two like, two separate handheld lines and then plus a Wii U console line that is still somewhat connected to the Wii. You know what I mean? Now it's just the Switch. Yes, you got the Switch Lite, but I think that's an easy sell. This is a version that doesn't go to your screen. It's just purely handheld. I think that makes sense. And it does very well in certain countries. And it does very well in, in certain countries. And, like, the Switch is, like, nearly 70 million units sold. Like, it's... It's huge. It only came out three years ago or whatever it is. Mm. Um, so it's doing extremely well. I think, I don't think we're going to come across that again. I think there is a chance we may get like a Switch Pro before we get their new console. And that's kind of part of Nintendo's charm. As much as I give them a lot of slack, it's like, it's good having a console, a manufacturer. It's like, I don't know what I'm getting. Like, there's all these news stories going out at the moment that, you know, there's a patent for a PS5 or two GPUs, GPUs and everyone's like, oh, it's a PS5 Pro or whatever. Like, that's predictable. Like, I don't need to read that to know that they're going to do that. And I don't need to read that uh, an Xbox doing the same thing. Like, yeah. it's going to happen. With, with Nintendo, good and bad, you can't predict what's coming. Like, you don't know. <laughs> they could literally, instead of doing the N64 Mini, they might just come straight out and say, we're doing a Wii U Mini. Like, you don't know. And we're only making 10 of them. And it's online only. Like, like, you just don't know. Guys, but I'm hopeful that they don't do it. They're going to they're gonna still like, no, guys, the Wii 3. Yeah, yeah. Just skip, right, they, they, just skip, they skip three, just go to Wii 4 for some reason. No, they go one better. They'll release an adapter, USB adapter, for your original Nintendo 64 games to be played on the Switch. Yeah. Probably. Probably. <laughs> anyway, so just, uh, yeah, I think that's a good one. So, yeah, that's not bad. Uh, my one is, a, it's less about, um, like, the gaming companies and that sort of stuff. It's more about the community. Uh, I am least thankful for PC versus console comparisons. Oh, that's a good one. Please. We all know what's better, boys. It's uh, I've I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You're comparing cars to airplanes. Hmm. Just stop. You sound every time somebody says, "Oh, well, you should get a PC instead." I want to slap them with a bloody scooter in the ankle. Yeah, well, that would that would hurt. Holy that shit! Would hurt I felt that. Because because that's that we're not we're not talking about 
PC and console and that sort of stuff. Like for some people, they want to be able to play on a big screen. And yeah, you mm-hmm. can say, oh, well, you can set up your PC with it, but that's not what they want. They want something that's console. Steam tried it with Steam uh, with the the whole Steam GUI and the oh, Steam yeah, controller and that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. So they, they and the Steam box. So they went down that path, and it wasn't really well received because yeah. the people who were getting Steam they wanted PC. Yeah. And the people yeah. who wanted console, well, they already had Nintendo, Xbox, PlayStation. Like, there's advantages for both. But I've got to say, yeah. I've seen in the the last month more dilemmas and just shit going on with our PCs individually in the last four weeks than I've ever experienced with my consoles in my entire life. And this is, and and for me, when I, when I was in uni, I got a PC because everybody had a PC and I I played console and I was like, all right, I'll get a PC. And every time I download, like I buy a game from steam and I go to install it and I install it, I can't play it whether it's the drivers or the graphics card or I need to get this other patch or this DLL file from this other site or I'd have to go to the forum support, like all, all these sort of issues. Mm. Whereas console, it was plug in and play. Now I get it. Like if you have a computer that's able to do all that sort of stuff and you want to be able to see things at the absolute best possible way that you can afford, by all means. But in 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 essence, like as much as games can look as as good as we really want them to be, it's about the substance. It's about what the game actually is. I don't care if I have to play a game at 1080p instead of 4K. If the game's good, the game's good. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it runs, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's always, you know, PC games generally running properly will always look better than console. But there is plenty of scenarios where games come out and it's like the game literally doesn't run on PC. Like, I remember Batman. Yeah. Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight did not run on, on PC at all. Like, it was just, it was ridiculous. Or, and they can go vice versa, like Skyrim on PS3. Like I was like one of the only people to buy yeah. that on PS3 at the time and just like, ooh, <laughs> ooh okay. <laughs> not even now. I'm like I'm when I do my streaming for Sea of Thieves, I'm not even playing the PC version. I, I'm just playing the Xbox Series X mm. because I know that the console edition will mostly run like fine. Yeah. Sure, mm. it no might dramas. be capped at frame rates or or whatever, but it, it, it's going to run fine. Whereas with the PC, my computer could shut down at any point in time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've benefits. had that before. Yeah. <laughs> and there is benefits. Like if you're really super serious into streaming and, and all that, like you need to have a decent PC set up to do it. Like you can do the old PlayStation camera and sit on the couch type thing, but there is obviously benefits of that. You've got the Steam, you've got your, you know, all that fun stuff. But yeah, there is something like I've always said it. The reason I'm not a PC gamer beyond me joking about PC games is because like my so job is me is sitting at a desk at a chair at this chair on a desk a meter across from here. Like I want to remove myself. I want surround sound. I want a comfy couch. I want a big TV. Yeah, and I want you know. I just so want that, that experience. So for anybody it's like, and, and I'm going to start calling it out now. But if somebody's like, oh, like should I get a PS5? What are your suggestions? And if I see some absolute play, so, oh, you should get a PC. Oh, I will slap them so Pull hard. Pull me in. I'll helicopter all my parachute in. Oh, I swear to God. But if, if, if it's the other, the same as the other way around, if someone's like, hey, look, I'm, I'm looking at getting one of the new graphics card. What do you reckon? Like this one here, it's like, you know, the, the, you know, GTX 3080s or whatever for over a grand. And somebody's like, oh, you should get a PS5. It's cheaper. No, I'm going to slap them silly. That's not what they want. Yeah. Mm. Don't sell them an airplane when they want to buy a car. Anyway. What about the chat? We got anything from the chat, Vinny? Anything from the chat, Vinny, please. I mean, we got... We're saying... Uh, so, so their pet peeves. 
their pet peeves are micro exclusives, microtransactions, gambling, crunch, uh, got a mm -hmm. lot of grief, so pick your poison. Um, then another one is consoles have advanced enough to be competitive with PC now, though. There ain't much difference between 1080 and 4K in terms of performance. Mm -hmm. That is yeah. true. I mean, the gap is closing. And then, as in how they perform against bosses and other players, Josh is Destiny. right. I've, we assume Josh is right. <laughs> and then with streaming, you're locked at 1080, 60 at best for PS5 and Xbox can do that, which is true. I mean, like, to be fair, streaming on Twitch and on YouTube gaming, if you're streaming in 4K, it's going to, like, people might it's not be able It's going to cap. It's going to cap anywhere. Mm. So 1080, 60 is honestly the best you can do, at least at this point in time, for the streaming services themselves. And if that, there's no real difference because the time it goes through uploads and goes down, like the quality is just not there. It's not 4K. Yeah. And oh, I, I see yeah. in here as well, Destiny. That, uh, that's Destiny. like, as I think the, uh, um, Mr. Scottman was referring to things we're not thankful for, like, or uh, yeah, least thankful. That, that one could be both because I agree. There is certain things that come out of like Destiny's success where I'm like, uh, we like does every game need to be destiny at this point can avengers not just be single player and why sean does every menu what why why can i just not press the button why can i just not tap x why do i have to hold x this is the new thing in every game like it used yep. to even assassin's creed you know yeah. like tap a button i can tell you why. i can tell you why why accessibility reasons because if you press a button like the wrong button accidentally you don't want to like delete a save like i'm sure that's an exaggeration but that's basically the reason if they get you josh, if they get you to press clicked. the button yeah josh is thinking oh i do this shit. he's like uh, you hold the button <laughs> in certain things yes but like in, in literal gameplay where it's like open the chest like yeah. there's not gonna be a chance where i'm gonna accidentally not want to open this chest no, but for example, if there's three chests next to each other and you've got to choose one and the other two are going to be mimics that'll kill you, yeah, you want to make know. sure you get it right. I don't know. It's, it's, Just... to, it's to validate that, yes, that is the decision you made. I haven't got time um, to validate. Get me in anyway, anyway I, I think with the, the whole Destiny argument, look, that's, you can blame MMOs in World of Warcraft and EverQuest. Um, yeah, sure. I think that, and I think another thing that we're least thankful for while we're on the train, and I think all of us can stick with this, is loot boxes. Yeah. Anything, yeah. like I said, gambling, any type of... Yeah, just thing. put them in a menu. Let me buy it. I'll see a thieves. Don't, don't randomize it for me. Genshin anyway. Impact. Yeah, big big yeah. gear grinded with, with the whole loot box, the whole, all that stuff. All of it. Microtransactions, everything. Although we that's... adopted... There was a point in time in 2012 to 2013. Short, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. This is supposed to be a short episode, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're still short. We're good. It's still good. Yeah. I'm this is my chance. We're on a podcast, I'm talking, all right, Biddy? <laughs> and there was a time where everyone's like, console games, they're dead. They're done, right? At the end of PS3 and 360. No one's gonna buy this PS4 and no one's gonna care. Mobile still, gaming still, is the future. I've still and, got that uh screenshot from 2012 saying consoles yeah, are dead. Consoles are dead. And then obviously they're not. But then we adopted their kind of mechanics and the way that, you know, free to play and all those fun things. And I've been reading articles and I've been watching videos about all this, you know, like game pricing going up. And something I'm not thankful for is the idea that games and pricing need to go up because of inflation. Right? In a perfect world, the answer is that's probably right, right? Because games are getting more expensive to make. 
all right, yes. All right, you're paying more developers to make it, blah, 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 blah. Pay more employees. All that fun stuff. But then when you actually look at what's going on, some game budgets, like if you look at uh, Avengers, for instance, right, like hundreds of millions of dollars. And say the game costs $250, $250 million to make. You actually look at the spend, $200 million of that development is just in the marketing alone. That's just in the marketing, right? So that's a lot of money being spent where it probably doesn't, there's smarter ways of doing it. So that's your first thing. Yeah, but you want that five gum skin for Avengers. Yeah, you want your, your Verizon skin. So that, that grinds my gears. Secondly, the idea of we need to pay more because, you know, games are more expensive and developers need more money. Yes, that in a perfect world, if that $10 was then getting split up amongst the team or whatever, that ain't happening, right? It's it's purely going to, to the publishers, to the guys sitting on top with their pockets full of money. Thirdly, these companies are in the business of making games. No, if $60 or making, you know, money. making money. money, if they were in a, in a field where they were unable to do that at $60 up until this point, let me tell you, we wouldn't be playing games. The, 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 the offering was sustainable at $60 and they are making more money on services and microtransactions alone than they are actually making in-game sales. So, and these publishers are making more money now tenfold than they were five, 10 years ago. Yeah. So the idea that games need to go up in price in a perfect world would be correct if that money was being fairly distributed and all that. Well, it isn't. And we're just being sucked in to the whole idea of, all right, we're going to make games go up, right? We'll get used to it. We'll move on. And like, where does it end? We were originally like, all right, DLC. And everyone at the start was like, oh, DLC. Like, you know, they're making us pay for stuff where before maps were free and all those fun things, right? We got, we got accustomed to DLC. And then it was the season passes. Then it was to collection, collector's editions. Now it's not only collector's editions, it's multiple collection collector's editions with different perks and all that fun stuff. Then it's not only season passes, it's battle passes, like with what they're doing with Avengers. And then it's cosmetic tra- microtransactions. And then it's this, and then it's, that. it's like end game prices are going up. Like you can't eat, you can't bake the cake and eat it too, is what I'm trying to say. Basically, and, it's, yeah. it's not, they've charged you for the cake. And now they're trying to get as much money from you by buying different icings to just layer yeah. over the top. Yeah, exactly. And I get it. Like things are they're expensive and all that fun stuff. Well, let's. There is smarter ways to make games, and we're not. The business isn't in to play smart. They're in there to make money. And when you're spending three quarters of your budget just in marketing alone and not in the development of the actual game, well, that's money badly spent because there is smarter ways of doing it, and. You know the whole crunch thing that's going on now. Like it, it, it is dreadful, right? It is tough to be. You know the stories you hear of not only crunch, harassment, sexual harassment, abuse in all forms. It, it yeah. is terrible, right? But people, let me tell you, the extra ten dollars or you know ten dollars US, which equals about a thousand dollars here in Australia, that ten dollars is not going to fix any of those things. And I'm seeing a lot of articles going, you know, oh, game prices should go up. This is not going to fix crunch. This is not going to fix bloated marketing budgets. This is not going to fix their revenue because they're making plenty of money. It's just when they're not doing it in a, I think, fair way. All right. So I think in summary, uh, Josh says screw capitalism and uh, we'll move on to a more positive uh, topic. So we'll, we'll, well, let's Sorry. Let, let everything know. <laughs> nah, it's all right. Hey, you, I've had a rant. You've had a rant. We've all had a rant except for Vinny. He doesn't rant. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm direct. 
just Nintendo and Kingdom Hearts three. Namora, god damn it. No, that's all right. So we'll go we'll go on to our next topic, and our next topic is game of the year. So a little bit more uplifting. So we went through our the picks of the game the game awards last week about all the different winners and like well the possible winners so the nominees for game of the year and all that sort of stuff and we had a, a little conversation about who we thought would be overall the game of the year winner uh unfortunately i still think that's going to be true but we've still got oh, no. our picks <laughs> we still got our picks so we're going to go through our picks and then we're going to talk a little bit about the nominees that we didn't pick and why we think that uh, you know they were nominated, uh, whether or not we think that they they could do well, all that sort of stuff. So, Josh, I'll I'll let you take a breather. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'll let you take a breather. All right, have some water, relax, chill. <laughs> Vinny, let's get you to talk. <laughs> what is <laughs> your game of the year? I'm pretty sure everyone guessed this, but it's Hades. Don't sleep on the Indies, Super Giant, like did it well they it's probably their best game yeah you know they did bastion transistor pyre and now mm. hades and hades is just phenomenal like i was looking through the game awards just before and it's nominated for not only is it nominated for game of the year it is nominated for six different categories so it is clearly one of the best games on that list and i've even seen multiple people say that this game has a potential to win game of the year and it'd be really cool to see an indie game win game of the year like Okay, first off, we got the action in the game. Here's my reason. Here's my case. I'm pleading my case threefold. All right. Threefold. Okay. Action in the game, phenomenal. Using different weapons, different upgrades, having each run is completely different every single time you play. The story is gradually progressive the more you play. So essentially, you die, you go back to the start, you start again. <laughs> I have not seen or very rarely seen interaction with or action between you know, the same opponent twice. The dialogue. Yeah. yeah. The dialogue is impressive as well. The dialogue, the narrative. So it got nominated for best narrative. The storytelling in the game is phenomenal. That's all I can say. The pacing is amazing. And then the last thing I want to say is just the art. Mm-hmm. I love the art style. In this game. Perfectly Hades captured. Hades looks so cool, doesn't he? Hades looks amazing. Zagreus looks awesome. All the gods look phenomenal. Even... Say the one thing in Slack Cluster is the just the mob enemies, mm, but that's that's yeah yeah that's, that's, that's fodder exactly mm. that's fodder. You literally have to grind and just get to the next one. Every single NPC you interact with looks incredible. I'm hanging for there to be an art book. I've pre-ordered the soundtrack because I thought the soundtrack was amazing. Listen to it Spotify multiple times. It's my ambient noise of when I'm going through work and I'm getting shit done. Mm. I mean the. These are things it was nominated for. It was nominated for Best Game Direction, Best Action, Best Indie, which I think it's potentially might win hands down if it's not for Ori. Uh, best Score in Music, Art Direction, and Best Narrative. And Game of the Year. Like, there's a lot. I think it's if the most voted or second most vo- uh, second most nominated on this list, I think Last of Us 2 is on there. And Ghost of Tsushima yeah. have, <laughs> have ties for nominations. But it's... To be up there with two AAA games, I think is really impressive for Hades. And that's my mm. case for Game of the Year. It's a really good one. Really good one, Vinny. Are you surprised? No. None at all. <laughs> it was either that, was it was it Sean? Pokemon TCG or League of Legends? It was one of the three. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Sean? Do you, uh, how do you feel about Hades? 
You gotta well, play it. Yeah, I gotta play it. It's um, yeah, I can't really have a have an opinion on it. I guess like I know you guys have talked it up and and all that sort of stuff, and I've seen a lot of uh, advertising around the game, and there there, there is a, a groundswell around it. But I, I don't know. It just it's never really been high on my priorities to play this year. And mm-hmm. there's a couple of games that we get to where yeah, they just. I've had other games that I've either wanted to, you know, sink more time into or, or, or try and, you know, play when it first comes out. It's just, I don't know, Hades has kind of been one that's fallen on the wayside. So I'll probably look at playing it in the new year. Mm. But uh, I've got a, I've got a couple of games, such as Amor's Phoenix Rising, uh, that I'll be uh, playing uh, for the rest of the year. Until Cyberpunk pick, comes out. Uh, yeah, the, well, actually, well, Cyberpunk's in yeah. a week. So <laughs> my plan is to finish this 100%. In yeah, a week. Damn. And it's apparently it's a lot shorter. Fun. I think it's like a 40 hour <laughs> shorter. It's like a 20 to 40 hour. Only 40 hours. <laughs> that's fine. For an Ubisoft <laughs> game, that's short now. So. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Josh, you've you've given your thoughts on Hades. Yeah, I think it's a, a really good pick. Um, I know it took a lot of awards at the Joystick Awards as well, which is before the Game Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you will see Hades win multiple awards. I don't know if it will get Game of the Year. It would be pretty cool if it did. Um, but yeah, super massive should be congratulate super giant. Literally should every be. single time, it's a, it's a force of habit. You say super massive, then correct yourself to super giant. Super giant should be rewarded for for the game because I think the the you know it's a video game. The moment to moment game play is is a really good loop there. And as someone who doesn't like roguelikes generally, yeah, this is I a really never good liked one. Them. Yeah, until this one. Yeah. All right, and Josh, what is your Game of the nomination. It's got to be. It won't win it, but it's got to be Final Fantasy VII. Game, it won't win it. He starts it off with that, it. so that's a good start. Final <laughs> Fantasy VII is just. It's the game on this list. I've played all of these, bar um, Animal Crossing. Right. It's the only game I still constantly think about, and I have had to stop myself installing it on the PS5 because I'm like. I need to get through Assassin's Creed. I want to play Sackboy. I got Cyberpunk. I want to play uh, Phoenix, Gods Among Us, whatever. And um, <laughs> and I want to come back to this game. And there is just something so special about this game. And it to me, it's because it doesn't play like anything I've ever played before. Like, it's an role-playing, it's an action RPG, but with turn-based elements. The story is is very Final Fantasy, but it's not that. It's as much. It's a grounded story based on where it's set. Like it is fantastical, and there's you know big fire demons yeah. and you know time travel and all that fun stuff. But it in the scheme of the game, it's it's understandable. It's kind of like Metal Gear Solid one, right? Where you can play that and it's a standalone experience. And then it gets super confusing with two and three and, and so on. Final fantasy seven is kind of like that. Like I, I, again, new to the whole final fantasy series went and played 15 and I'm like, 15 is convoluted 10 times fold than what final fantasy seven is like final fantasy seven is quite simple. You're, you're a ragtag group trying to save the world um, against this giant corporation. Right. And then, all the intrigue and all that's on there. So I think that the, what did I have? What was my reasons? I had one now. It reinvented what the word remake was, right? In, in multiple ways. It is uh, both a literal remake of the game. It is both a reboot of the game. It is both a spiritual kind of side 
sequel to the original game all folded into one. So there's a lot of Kojima-esque kind of thought process being put into this game. And and I appreciate the fact that it's not, as much as it's a remake, it doesn't remove the, the importance or need to play the original. Because I think it is, it is, out of any remade game ever, I think it is the one where it's just as important for you to play the original as it is to play this one. Because as much as it, a lot of the elements are the same, the story beats are the same, it references things in a way where it's, only makes sense if you played the original. Um, yep. And Vinny, to that right, there's certain parts in the story where characters are present that they weren't present in the original, but it's not just for the sake of the new game them being there. There is an actual reason why they're not there in the original in, in this one. So I think that's really cool. Uh, I had the music, and I had in capitals, my God, the music. <laughs> the soundtrack is, like, amazing. Iconic. Like it, it is iconic in multiple levels. And the, the way that they remix the original battle theme it comes up nearly every fight every boss battle whatever but it's different every nearly every time and but it's the same kind of uh you know tempo and all that stuff yeah. but the way that they remix it is completely different and um this yeah the soundtrack's really emotional in, in where it needs to be it's it's all that cool stuff um i think the story itself isn't the strongest part but the characters are so the characters of cloud sephiroth Aerith, all those tifa the characters are so strong that they carry the story. And the last thing I had written there is um, the Metal Gear moment, which I won't spoil, um, but it has that mind-bending moment that it's like, I don't know, it's like when you, it's like a slap in the face with a wet fish, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, you think you know what's going on, and then you finish it, you're like, oh, I understand what's happening. And then you get the realization that someone's like slapped you in the face. Be like, you missed everything. And now I can't wait to go back. This is, yeah, this is the game I want to, I want to play on my PS5. Once they give me a patch, you know, give me, give me a 60 frames per second patch, please. All right. Can't go back now. (laughs) Okay. No worries. What are you, Sean? What's yours? Sorry. Yeah. um, So my one, uh, I've said it since basically launch uh, is Ghost of Tsushima. That's true. You really have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I did have a few points, but uh, Josh deleted them off the document, so I'm going to have to go by now. But no, I, yeah, yeah, they're gone. So <laughs> I'm going to try and do this off by heart. I had everything planned. Um, so, okay, so firstly, my first impressions of this game, and I, I finally found the thought that I really wanted. Uh, it felt like Oscar bait, this game. Okay. Which is it i think it perfectly summarizes it because it it is a good game and it hits all the right notes to be game of the year uh there we go perfect got him yeah you're Um, welcome that's producer things thank you all right so firstly uh my first reason is simplistic world building so with a lot of open world games nowadays you kind of just want to go from a to b you kind of want to get stuff done yeah you can explore a little bit but it doesn't really push you to explore Whereas in this game, I felt that it did have that where, you know, you'd be riding along and the wind would be carrying you to your objective. And then you see a little fox and it's like, oh, I'm going to go follow the fox. And so all of a sudden you look at the map and you're meant to go from here to here and you've gone everywhere on your way there Mm. without even realizing it because there's just so many different things going on. It's compelling Um, as opposed to... Yeah, it's it's a compelling world to... It's a compelling world that you want to you want to view everything. Yeah, you want to discover everything, and it's doable. That's the yeah. big thing. It's not like Assassin's Creed where it's like it's too you big. can't do it's everything. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second okay. thing is, that's <laughs> no, right. The second thing is refined combat system. So I really like the combat system that they had in this game. It's very much, I'm going to say similar to Assassin's Creed in a lot of ways, because it is similar in a lot of ways. However, I feel like it's done everything just that little bit better. The jewels, for example, they're really well done having to having to attack and defend and you know it's just one on one it sets a scene as well because you're in the circle or or where or the flower field or wherever it is yeah it's just they they hit all the right notes in terms of making every battle count and when you when you rock up to an outpost you need to decide okay am i going to go the, the samurai way and walk up and say hey you going to come at me or what <laughs> yeah or are you going to go and try and stealth kill everybody to to work your way through that outpost? So being able to make those choices um, so distinctly, because I don't know another game that has that where you can just rock up and say, hey, here's my dick. Like, yeah, you, you, in Far Cry and that sort of stuff, you can kind of drive through with a car and rocket launcher and make a big fuss and all that. But it's never a, hey, somebody face me and let me cut down three of you and then we'll go. It's empowering. That's yeah, the, it is. Like you feel like you motherfuckers don't stand it. Like you feel like a samurai. I know that's so dorky to say. Like you know, you oh, feel, feel like you feel like the Batman. You feel like feel like Spider Man. It's so oh, refined, and that's the beauty of it. It's simple, easy to learn, difficult to master. <laughs> it has to hijack mine too. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I love this game too. <laughs> we'll get to you after me, all right? Like, let, 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 me have, so let me have my five minutes of fame. <laughs> um, and the third one, I, I've already touched on that, so I, I had another one. And it's very stylized Japanese yeah. in terms of your old films. So you can actually play it in in, in a certain cinematic way where everything's you know black and white and grainy with the red. Uh, there, there's a lot. What? Come on. Oh, sorry. Keep what? going. You're a sour. That's there the, you go. The, there you go. Based it on. But there's yeah. there's such attention to detail to this game. It, it's absolutely one of those. You could tell it's a passion project. Yeah. I feel like they wouldn't have gone out to try and and say, okay, we need an open world game. Hey, let's pick feudal feudal Japan. Uh, Japan. Let's just go through like that. It, I, I don't feel like it was felt and created that way. It was okay. We wanted we want to work on this particular story. How are we going to do it? And then they built the world from there. So I really like that attention to detail. And it's just it's just one of those games which it just looks really pretty. It plays really well. Uh, as I said, it's Oscar bait for this generation. I honestly think it's game of the year, and it's probably one of the best. Not the best, I don't think, but it's one of the best um, PS5 games. Oh, sorry, PS4 games will be PS5 <laughs> games uh, you can get out of its library. So now, Josh, what are your thoughts? Ghost of Shima, go on. You're right. You hit a lot of really cool points, right? Like, it's funny. You said, like, how do they come up with the concept of, of this game? Like, it's so different to what they've done before. And the game director, Nate Fox, who's been there from Sly Cooper, he's been there forever. The, the, they had this idea for Ghost of Tsushima for as long yeah. as Sucker Punch was working on Sly Cooper. So I think it was during development of Sly Cooper 3, um, and there's a comic book that Nate Fox was reading about. I always get the term mixed up. What are they? they, What's the term when it's like animals that act like humans? What's the the word that they call it? Where it's like they they stand up on 
feet and they're talking. Yeah, I know, I know, I know what you mean. I don't have the yeah. word. Anyway, it was reading a comic book series about anime. It's like anime something, whatever. These animals, uh, samurai, right? They're in this cartoony universe, and that was where the idea of of Ghost of Tsushima came from. Where it's originally it was going to be more down that path, and then they went for a more realistic approach. I think where Sucker Punch should be con- uh, congratulated for is just, you know, I think. It is part, they've been part of Sony's first party since 2011, right? They got acquired right after Infamous 2. And for a long time, I think Naughty Dog was like the shining example of what first party could do from Uncharted to Last of Us and so on. And I think you're now seeing a case to be made for not only Sucker Punch, I think Insomniac Santa Monica are now on that level where Ghost of Tsushima is such a huge jump from from uh, Infamous, for sure, right? Especially from from Second Son. Um, from a storytelling perspective, I, I really appreciate how it's an open-world game without being bloated. Like I spoke about at the start, like I just want a, a single experience that I can play. And, yeah, yeah like I, I was happy to do... I was happy to platinum this game. I was happy to do every side quest because it wasn't like a million of them. They were, they were spaced out in a way where it's like I felt like... I can clear out this whole area. I can collect everything. I can do all that and not feel like it's a chore. And yeah. that is a very specific way of, of creating a game. Like a lot of the gameplay mechanics, you can feel that that Sly Cooper infamous climbing. Like that is like when I saw Jin jump on a wire and the way that he's at, the way he animates, that is infamous. Like that's the genetics of infamous and Sly Cooper being presented. The combat is like kind of, you know, everyone always goes, oh, it's the Arkham type thing where it's counter and attack. But I think it's done in a way where I like how every enemy has a resistance to a certain stance stance, and has a weakness to that as well and how you can take advantage of that and it empowers you to play creative and really take advantage of your playing field. And, yeah, I think this game will, again, like Hades, it deserves to win multiple awards. Um to the point where I, I have this as an honourable mention. It may change because I keep changing my mind, but this game deserves to win multiple awards. All right, and Vinny, you haven't played this game, but what are your thoughts? No, I'm keen to play it when it comes out on PS5. I've heard the I think the pacing and the combat is you know, out of this world. I mean, you guys are really selling the game to me. This pitch meeting is going but a dream. When I get the PS5, it's probably I'm just going to get the PS Plus collection and just play everything on a... Hmm. on that and just play through it and have a good time i mean it's from what i can tell it's insane i mean i played like cooper i didn't really play infamous and really like it but if if it's from these studios it's got to be good and i think the cool thing about starting a new ip is the potential to just make it your own and just make it any way you want you know you've got the remakes you got stuff like animal crossing which is repetitive i mean Hades is in doom is existing but Ghost of Shim is really on its own as a AAA title here. I mean, mm. yeah, I think the other ones was what was the Last of Us Two, Animal Crossing Hades, Ghost of Shima. It's I think it's the only one oh, besides Hades. Final that's, yeah, it's the only yeah. one. It's the only one besides the only AAA title that is a new IP that is nominated. Yeah, yeah that's that's pretty yeah. good. It shows that they really put a lot of thought into it, and it's well deserved as well. And they've got time. They had time to do it, and that's, time, that's exactly a benefit of being, I guess, a first party in Sony, where it's like they've got the fifteen or so studios working. Yeah, that they can space out. Because I was worried when it was like, because I don't know if you remember, right? It was supposed to be uh, Ghost, and then it was Last of Us. Then Last of Us got delayed. Then Ghost got pushed after Last of Us, and I'm like, oh, like 
are people going to be like, like, how are we going to compare the two or whatever? And it's good that Sony's got that stable now where it's like, no, take your time um, and they can take risks and make new IP. You know, we got Horizon out of Gorilla where no one would have thought a studio that's only made Killzone for forever is now making an open world RPG. You know what I mean? And now I think God of War put Santa Monica on that level and now Sucker Punch is on that level with Ghost of Tsushima. And they're literally hiring for an open world Japanese game. That was literally yeah. in the job description, so... Can you guess what they're making next, guys? Oh, I wonder what. Um, so anyway, so that's our Games of the Year from the nominees uh, of the Game of the Year Awards. We're going to go through the remaining nominees and we're each going to give one reason as to why we either think that game was part of the uh, the nominees or you know anything like that. And like We're looking for positives here. All right, yeah. guys? We're looking for positives for these games. So the first one we're going to start off with is Animal Crossing. So Josh, give me a good reason why Animal Crossing was nominated. I literally put here, humble good times. And I just said, Animal Crossing is the game of 2020. And I, I've spoken about it when we did our case uh, for, for last week's episode or whatever it was when yep. we did Game of the Year. I just think the game kind of just had its arms around 2020 in in the best way possible for its time. Like, it, you know, 20-odd million units sold in a year. Like, it's just, it's the game of 2020, I think, in a way where it's like Destiny was the game of that year. Fortnite was the game of that year. You can make a case for Among Us or um, uh, what's the other one? We uh, Fall Guys. I was going to say yeah. the game where you fall, Fall Guys. Yeah, fall guys. Um, but I just feel out of this list, it's definitely not my favorite. It's definitely not my pick. It's definitely the one I haven't played. It's out but there. But I can see why this game could win because it stole the hearts of 20-plus million players yeah. around the world. All right. Vinny, what's your one reason? I mean, my big reason was community. So this game really brought people together in times of, you know, lockdown, this whole virus hitting. And, it. I mean, we were playing as friends like oh come to my island and do this They're like kind of hanging out digitally without actually being able to hang out due to this whole pandemic craze and the way it happened and people were just like i said they were just vibing having a humble good time coming over just spread the love you know at for example like when you start your island you have only one piece of fruit there's five or six to collect so you actually have to interact with other like it forces you to interact with other people and go to their islands and you know try out some of their fruit and then there's this the stock give us your nuts yeah then there's the the stalk market which is obviously <laughs> blows up you got to sell those turnips it's it's stuff like that. And yeah. like there was community and there was trade and there's all these forums like oh my 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 nook shop is selling this furniture today here's the code come get it it's like people are just genuinely wanting to help each other and mm. that shows how good the community is for animal crossing and nintendo and the people playing that game like yeah, pe people are really just there to just help other people. And that's why the game succeeded as well. Like, I feel like the game wouldn't sell as many units if there wasn't, A, it wasn't in ISO during uh, pandemic times. And B, if there wasn't a strong community and strong fan base behind it, that were constantly giving it. And Nintendo rewarded that. They provided free updates, you know, uh, different things for the seasons as well, different updates, different costumes mm. added furniture the community from both the developer and the actual people the consumer was really really good so that's mine no worries and uh my one it's very similar to uh to you guys 
so my reason was it allowed people to realize their cre- creativity at the right time. It was the perfect time for it. Yeah. And we, we keep we keep talking about COVID and you know year of 2020 and all that sort of stuff. But being able to edit your entire island the way that you want to do it, it, it this was basically like a, a, an injection of The Sims at the right time, yep. but in a different way. And with cute, you know, cute little animals and, and fossils and that sort of stuff, uh, it really made a push. And also the cat jumped on my lap halfway through that. So off you go. <laughs> um, uh, the next one we have is Last of Us Part 2. So Josh, give us one reason why Last of Us Part 2 was nominated. Try and keep it a one. Keep it short. I appreciate the emphasis of the one. Uh, That's what I said I, at the start. I think the reason beyond the improvements to the gameplay, including stealth gameplay, uh, gunplay. No, I'm joking. I think the reason why this game's nominated and I really adore it and it's probably pushing out, it, that and Ghost is like my honourable mention, is because it's not a safe sequel. Um, we, we talk about video games being a form of art, which in, in some cases, in most cases, not in most, in some cases it is. Um, in, in others, I just think it is just a consumable and there's something you consume and move on. Last of Us is divis- divisive. 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 Thank you, Sean. Is divisive. I go from sounding so smart with the games like art to can't say divisive. The game's divisive, just like art should be. It can be interpreted in multiple ways. It, it benefits from multiple playthroughs. Uh, it, it, it takes risks where it would have been a lot. I'm not going to spoil it, but it could have been. I will. There's other ways that this game could have been made. And it would have been fine. It, it would have uh, had a lot of people happy and, and whatever. But this game isn't about making people happy. It's about bringing out emotion. And you may not always agree with what characters are doing, but you can understand why they're doing it from one point of view. So in terms of games on this list that I've had some sort of reaction from, because not every bit of art needs to be enjoyable. Like, like Vinny might have got angry at certain points or disappointed or sad. That's an emotion that the game was trying to bring out from you. Um, and, and that is something I think more games should do. It's good to take risks in, in that form. And, yeah, there are certain things. I think, you know, the ending is a bit long in the tooth and there's definitely things I would have cut back from. But overall, in terms of what gave me an emotional from happy to sad to all across the board was Last of Us Part 2. So there's all your right. one. <laughs> all right, no worries. Uh, Vinny, uh, what was your reasoning? I mean, mine was in a very similar boat to Josh's. I mean, excluding the pacing, I think the storytelling was very good. You go from, in my in my experience, loving Ali and being like, yeah, she's the best, to hating her from start to finish. I go through I go through the wars with my relationship with Ali, and towards the end, I'm just like, I hope, I hope she dies. I hope she just fucks off and dies. I don't care about her. I just wanted to. I'm over it. Um, yeah. Their story was not safe and very Game of Thrones-esque. They didn't care who they killed off. Just a matter of as long as they get a reaction. Oh, you're attached to this character? Dead. This? Mm. Dead. That? Dead. It's fine. It's fine. You what, you think this? No, they have a dark side. They'll turn this the other way. And you're. I'm trying really trying hard to like sell it without spoiling it. Yeah. But... It's in, you know, in the George R. R. Martin of say, way of saying everybody dies and then like... Nobody's safe. Exactly. Nobody's Nobody safe. is safe. And it's not death for the sake of death. It's no, all about it's, like it's death for storytelling. Anger, revenge begots anger and revenge. It's a cycle that 
you know, there's a moment in the game, Vinny, and you know it because you've played it, where you're like, you're done, Ellie. Like, that's it. You're, you're good. Yeah. This is it. You're at a good point of your life. Let anger go and let the hatred go. And you're fighting with her because you're controlling her, doing something where it's like, just stay here, stay here. And and then you've got to play the game and you've got to leave. And it's oh. like... The ah. end, the, the ending, the ending after the ending made me hate her even more. Like hate, hate is genuine. I'll just, I'll never look at Last of Us, the first one in the same light again. Cause it just, <clears> she burns me. She goes from being a punk ass kid in the first one, like a little bit of a rebel being cool to being like, oh, just, just don't just stop it. Just let stop. it go. But yeah, I'd say the storytelling and the fact, I mean, you can say it yourself. This one of the actresses got death threats for her performance because the storytelling and the way she was portrayed. What she did. <laughs> yeah. She was people pinned her as an enemy. It's like, no, it's not her. It's just her character. But she it was the story was done so well that people were just gonna be like, Cool, it's you. You're the mm. one I hate. They pinned it on her. But yeah, I'd say the storytelling for the last of us too. I've pacing no no so we're not saying good things storytelling was fine storytelling all right thank thanks for your input Vinny. and thanks josh <laughs> and for <Josh>. your input <laughs> all right. um uh so my one was that it's a, it's an established ip sequel and it built on the world that the original story created so everybody has memories of the original last of us and that's a good this one. kind of built on those memories and changed your perception on the world. So now it's going to be interesting if there are to make a third part, how that's going to affect a flow on, how that's going to affect our relationship with the characters and being able to, to kind of do that 180 on the world and the main characters. So Ellie and Joel, like how they're able to kind of get the audience thinking about that. I think that's one, uh, probably the main reason why uh, the game was nominated. Yeah, uh, nice and quick. Yeah, and no, the that's good. I mean, you, I mean, I'm just going to touch on that. The yep. in between parts that you see, the the what's it called the flashbacks, where you, the playable flashbacks in the game, where you play between part one and part two as Joel and Ali, and you see that world that they built and like get to do things, and they reference stuff like they reference Jurassic Park, but they don't mention it. It's a cool thing yeah. that they really built on their relationship as characters, and it kind of makes the overall story a lot more compelling. Yeah. Yeah. Quick and easy. I... Yes, Josh. No, that's it. That All right, no worries. And the last game that we've got on the uh, list of nominees is Doom Eternal. So, Josh, we'll get you to start with this one. Yeah. What's your one reason mm -hmm. of why you think this game was nominated? Uh, yeah, Vin. Um, I, I saw in the chat before you asked the question. Do we have any uh, chat responses before I give mine? I mean, uh, Miniko6 said, uh, I think Doom Eternal deserves a shot. It's more of a matter of why not. It's fair enough. That makes okay. a lot of Actually, were there any uh, any comments about Animal Crossing Last of Us? I haven't been passing to you. Uh, no, there were, there no, were none. No worries. Someone said make another kill zone for... Uh... <laughs> uh, I do kill zone besides like, after Shadowfall and yeah. like, mercenaries. They yeah, moved into I'm... a new studio. They got room. They got teams. Yeah. Anyway, so Josh, Doom Eternal. What's your one reason? One, my one thing. Um, I've got two. Nah. Uh, all right, one thing. Um, I think beyond being a very well-paced first-person shooter, 
I think the frenetic gameplay, the momentum-based gameplay, is what I think this game stands out against its contemporaries and other first-person shooting. No one can deny that Call of Duty plays well, right? And there's a lot of first-person game, first-person shooters that play like Call of Duty, and it's probably better off that way because the games do play well fundamentally. But I think that the the way that they the levels are designed, you've got your your momentum, you've got your traversal. Uh, you got the grapple hook. Um, that really changed things from the first game. And just little things, right? Like uh, you, you got an open field, right? And you've got your little, you know, easy-to-kill enemies and you've got your big bosses. And, you know, your brain will go, I'll just kill everyone, whoever's in my path. That's how you play a first-person shooter, Vinny. Yeah, like that's how you do it. Yes. And sure. And um, this game makes you think differently the way you do it, where the flame, if you kill an enemy with the flamethrower, you have like a shoulder flamethrower thing like very predator-esque it gives you armor pieces right the chainsaw kill gives you ammo so then it's like okay i need to kill certain enemies with certain weapons to get certain things to get through this level because there will be points where you run out of ammo so you're like all right i might leave the weak guys aside just in case i need to kill them with a certain weapon to get health or i need to kill them for a certain for ammo for instance so then that changes the way you play the game because you're trying to move around these enemies then obviously you've got your weak point, you know, shoot an enemy here, does this type thing. And I like that it's like an enclosed space, very, very Bethesda-like, and it's a sandbox within it. And it's not only about killing everyone in the room, but it's the way you do it, the momentum and the puzzle of moving from A to B to C, back to A, to get through the room without, you know, dying. Yeah. All right. Vinny, what's your reason? Uh... See, I have not played this game. I've watched a couple of reviews. I'm not going to give my opinion because I really know too much about it. But I think, yeah, why, why, why not? I think is a good, a good argument. I think Mediocre Six said it best. I mean, this game from I've heard nothing but positive things about it. It's just a, it's a better version of the 2016 Doom that came out. Yep. Yeah, they've, yeah, from what I've seen, they've you know, taken out all the shit guns. They're only using the good stuff. They've the pacing okay. is phenomenal. The the 3D kind of space that you're working with the hook hook shot and stuff it's all it's that they've just did what they did and made it better so why why not like yeah me right what would you have there instead instead of Ori if you had Ori um yeah yeah. I agree yeah Ori hundred percent that game is one of the best platforms we've ever played if not yeah no it's one of the best yeah yeah. Yeah, I I do think that uh, Doom Eternal is the dark horse of oh, yeah. uh, of, of this game. Of I, I I think it is. I I honestly believe that out of all of the games that have been put up, it's probably the weakest. However, that that that's comparing to the other ones maybe, but as a game itself, it's done exceptionally well. It's as we've said, it's improved upon the base one. It's now on Game Pass as well, which yeah, that's enough, that I actually will play it. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is this is probably out of all the games here, I think I'll probably like that I haven't played. Doom Eternal is probably the first one that I'll give a go. Yeah, because I'm because I'm just so surprised that it was nominated. Like I, I didn't see this one coming. So, is there an online co-op for Doom Eternal? I'm not sure. I think it's single player. Single. Uh, and, I and multiplayer. I agree, Sean. Like I played it, and I'm still like I get it. Like everything it does well, it does really well. Um. I like I'd still have Ori on here as like it is surprising that this game's on there. As much as it's really, 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 really good. Um does, I don't know, that, just, does that go to show that we had a week year though? 
No, no, no I, think, I think we this had a is, I, I thought we had a really strong year for games. Yeah. But even then, like you guys are mentioning Ori, I I can't actually think of a game at the moment. Like I don't have the list in front of me, unfortunately. Um, but I can't think of a game that would go there instead. Like maybe if Cyberpunk released earlier, <laughs> that'd probably be Cyberpunk spot. In yeah, all honesty. That, that, would, that would definitely be Cyberpunk yeah, spot. Yeah, if, it, yeah. if it released in, you know, March and then again September, then again November, like we're supposed to. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and now it's in a week from now. Yeah. <laughs> so and anyway, um, so anybody else um, who watching, if uh, so chat, if you've got any uh, any suggestions or any thoughts on the uh, the games of the year, uh, so Doom Eternal, Last of Us Part 2 and Animal Crossing, so not our nominations. Uh, you got any thoughts on those? Put it through. Uh, otherwise, uh, yes, Josh? <laughs> I just, just read the chat. No, Ori is just as worthy. It's just more humble than Doom. Okay, we've already got a humble good time on there with Animal Crossing. Yeah. So unfortunately, we can't have two humble good times in 2020. That's uh, I, that's not allowed. I think maybe. No, I wouldn't say because like we had some good things. Like we had like Crash Four. Crash Four was this year. That's a one yeah. of the best platformers out there, like 3D platformers. Um. Okay, look, I'm gonna say it. Persona Five Royal. That game. Oh, that game will win one. The, the thing is nominated It'll for. It'll win something. It, It'll win something. The thing it's nominated for, which is best RPG. Yeah, it's definitely in that list because it's... Yeah. I think that's where I said that's where it's got to get it. Yeah, it will yeah. It will win that. I If I if it doesn't, I'll be very, very surprised. Um, But that's another strong game that came out. Like, it's just... There's... It's been a really... 2020 has been a really good year for games. And the list has been cut off too, like... I can see a world where Demon Souls would be on this list or Miles Morales might have gotten a better rap if it released earlier in the year. Yeah. Like there's there's certain games, like, I don't think Assassin's Creed, but like this games that are in this December, November period where they cut off a certain date. We saw that last year with uh, Jedi Fallen Order. And that's why it's on one of the nominations of I think best action game or whatever. Yeah. And it was yeah, because actually, it, it missed yeah. the cutoff last year for for To be whatever. honest, if it, if it wasn't twelve months ago, I Star Wars Fallen Order. I think I think would almost be there, almost, almost as a, as a, as a single player, third person Star Wars game. I I, I feel oh, I feel like it's fairly strong. I don't know. I played I played it to one hundred percent. So I mean, just a, bit, a little bit biased. Probably now. I, I agree. Like the game was really good. I just it was just buggy. At yeah, uh, maybe for some it wasn't buggy for me. Yeah. <laughs> no issues. I mean, I want, where's my Super Mario three D All Stars on for the game of the year, guys? Come on. Well, about 35th anniversary. No one got to play it, Vinny, because no one could get it. That's why. Yeah, lim- limited run, mate. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, so that's we'll wrap up our Game of the Year uh, awards and all that sort of stuff. We're going to go to a, a last little bit before we do sign off for today. And usually we would have our Busy Playing Something segment where we bring a game to the table. Uh, this week is a little bit different because we've only got a few weeks remaining. We decided to kind of hold off a little bit on that and probably go a little bit stronger next year. And so we're going to talk about, I believe it was this weekend where we might be able to do some couch gaming guys. Yes. Restrictions. Might have to leave my house. Leaving yes, the house. Yes, have to leave your house. So are we going to, are we going to play the Wii U? Like are we, are we playing Nintendo land? What are we doing boys? That'd be a good one. That would be a good one. But uh, we're thinking finally, uh, finally playing golf with friends in person. Yes. Yeah, yeah we're, we're finally playing Overcooked 2 in person where we can't get booted out instantly. Just mm. be that's the humble good time I'm looking for with you guys. Play some Overcooked 2. Yeah. 
potentially stomp you guys in Smash Brothers, but it's a little bit later. But you could, you could try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, we will be playing Overcooked Two this weekend. Uh, you can catch us on Twitch at eight thirty on Sunday. Uh, is when we'll be doing it. Uh, at the moment. We, we are coming into Christmas, so uh, a lot of places are slowing down a little bit. Uh, we will be taking a break over Christmas, but until then, we are still kicking on. Uh, I know that Josh has shaved his Movember. I've still got mine. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of scared to shave it. New headset? See it again. Yeah, PlayStation headset. I'm surprised I it wasn't addressed well. earlier. I did actually open it. I got, the, uh, I got the dock for the controllers. I've opened that, so now my controllers are actually charging for once. That's nice. Yeah, I've uh, got the camera for whatever reason. Why? I, I don't understand why Why PlayStation 5 has a camera right now. Because <laughs> now he can stream from his couch without yeah. using the, the webcam. He doesn't stream from his PC. <laughs> <laughs> He's got two screens now. Uh, I haven't got it connected. I need to get a second. <laughs> See, like, I uh, came over PC this weekend probably. to get it working. We eventually got it working through no help of my own, just adding, buying another cable, and you don't even use it. Yeah, I'm going to get another screen over Christmas. I've been spending too much money lately, so I'm trying to, you know. Plug and unplug. No, I want my workspace is separate. Keep it separate. I can understand. I'll give you one of these things. It's a switch. You plug two HDMI's in, and then one out. And you just press a button. That's it. Mm. That's all I've got. It's too hard. I'd rather just buy another screen. This is the easiest thing in the world, Josh. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. We can talk about this off camera. I'm talking about it off camera. But anyway, uh, so thank you very much for those of you who have joined us today. Uh, I believe we'll be wrapping up episode 35 uh, of Busy Playing Something podcast. So we will see you guys on Sunday uh, at 8:30 for some Overcooked Two Couch co-op. Uh, I really hope it's co-op. You... Oh, if you guys start stealing ingredients, I think I'm going to flip a lid. Uh, but anyway, you can follow us on our social media. So don't forget our Facebook page. We're also on YouTube where you can watch me be stupid about the Xbox Series X. And you can follow us on our uh, Twitters. So we've got Josh, Joshua LaRosa. We've got Vinny at Vinichens and myself at Holy Deprawn. Uh, I believe that's everything, gentlemen. That's it. Give, yeah. us, give us a follow. Subscribe. Hit that like button, whatever they all say. You know, and... All the- and- Go on Twitter because that's where you'll know when we're doing shit because sometimes it can be a bit sporadic. So if you if you go to Twitter at busy underscore playing, that is the gospel to us because everything we do will be through Twitter. And we so, do post on there. And we, we actually do. do. We there. actually do post on there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. All right. So I think uh, that's it for us for today. Vinny, you can sign us out. I'll do it this time too. May the power protect you. Peter, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. Oh, it's all perfectly legal. Oh my God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? Behold my greatest creation, Mac.